You're having a threesome with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. And now, it's complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. And I am Rob. So you know how you ask your friends where you should take your first date? What on earth this text means? And if it's okay to post a certain pic on the socials? Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Welcome to our village, and you should be pumped to be here because we are bringing you expert guests who are filled with all the answers that will take some of the guessing out of the game. Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods, and don't forget to tell a friend. As you heard last episode, Rob and I are trying to start the year off with some healthy goals. One of those is to start picking better matches for ourselves, hopefully, fingers crossed. While Rob gets on my case for having a set list of criteria instead of being more in my feels, I still hold firm that there are some crucial things I'm looking for, as well as deal breakers. I even wonder if I should leave things to the professional matchmakers, maybe an arranged marriage, or even... I don't know, trying to find my true love on reality TV. At least once or twice a week, and for some of us a hell of a lot more often than that, we sit down, turn on the TV, and watch hundreds of strangers throw their hats, tiaras, or whatever the hell else they think is going to get the most attention into the dating ring. What used to be one or two go-to dating shows has become a slew of reality programming that has us wondering, where the hell do they get these people? Jen, dying to know... Would you ever or have you ever really considered going on TV to find true love? So the short answer is yes, I definitely have. The long answer is I have applied to the bachelorette or the bachelor, whatever it was, and not really gone through with the entire application, I think, because I missed a step or whatever, but like I didn't put a video together. And then in not doing it right, I realized, can I really just take off for X amount of weeks and go live my like, you know, competitive life fighting other women for love? And then like, what would I do with mochi? And what would it? So you, you got into your feels enough for a, for half of a process of filling out an application before all your rules came back in and all your other thoughts, I mean, responsibilities, I'll, I'll say that's fair. Mochi's a responsibility and work and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, you got, you got to a certain point where it was like, make the video, where there was some sort of commitment to you on that process where you're like, all this other shit started coming. You're like, I can't do it. Wait, and the crazier part is that this has now happened more than once. <laughs> it's happened probably three times that I've gone through the same exact process and backed out at the same exact point. Wait, for the same show, for The Bachelor? Yes. And I've actually submitted for other shows too, I think, um, some island show. And it's always the same issue that I'm like, really, am I going to pack my shit up and go take a chance? And then I, one, I think if it works, great. And we have seen it work. So that's where I'm like, maybe that's what I should do because there's experts and stuff like 90 Day Fiance and things like that. There's many experts that can help you through this. Um, or I'm uh, sorry, love at first sight. No, yeah, love it. You're 90 Day Fiance, not experts. <laughs> no. Okay, so you're what I mean, you're about married at first sight. Married yeah, at first so that sight. One, where there's like a pastor, a relationship person. Uh, I can see you doing that one so much. I could, I wish you would do that one. I can see well, you I would love it. to because then like it ties into my arranged marriage. Like there are experts involved. I can throw my hands in the air and say, you know what? You know more than me. I'm obviously doing it wrong. And here we go. All it takes is some work. And Lord knows I know how to do that. So we're off to the races and falling in love. Um, so I have considered, but I have not pulled the trigger. And I also fear that the nature of my <laughs> lovely personality would be maybe misconstrued and edited. And I don't even know what would happen. Or they'd ask me to move to like Kansas or something that I don't want to do. But truthfully, I did recently consider moving because I was like, it's not happening in LA. I don't know what's happening here and whether it will ever will. It's also really unsafe here. So maybe I should just pack my shit and go to Miami where I belong. Oh, Miami. You're not talking. You're not like, maybe I'll pack my shit and go to Cleveland. You're just going to another unsafe big city 
with the people of the same issues that LA does. No, it's better. I I am famous there. People, they when I arrive, different things happen on the apps. It's like moth to a flame, bees to honey. Something happens where pe- the the dating world is like, ooh, look at this shiny new object. I'm like, little do you know I'm from there. So I'm not that shiny. But I guess the pool there is not so great. So when I appear in the search, it is you know, off to okay, the well, we're not like we gone a little bit off topic with where you would live in this in the country <laughs> and how much of a flame is it you're attracted to or they're attracted to. But like, would like if you were to do a would it, is it is it just The Bachelor that you would do or would oh. you do like Love Is Blind? You won't go to like Love Island, right? In theory, I would actually prefer it because it sounds like a fun vacation and a reason to get in shape. But I think Love Is Blind is interesting because you are falling in love with somebody's personality, which is ultimately the most important. Um, But then also I would do potentially married at first sight. If they're taking applicants, then sign this girl up. I don't know if our guest today casts for that, but maybe she's got some insight into where we should put me. Oh, I have some ideas of where you should go. I have, I have a lot of ideas of what you should do. Um, You are the, reality TV expert. You even have a podcast about it. So would you actually ever do it given that you're such an expert or do you know too much? Would I ever do reality TV in general? No. I'm actually like the only reality TV show I would do is um, uh, la, 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 Amazing Race. That's the only That's the only one I would do. And I'm actually talking to some friends of mine right now about trying to get on it. Um, which is so funny because my sister's a Capricorn, just like you. And I asked her to be my partner in Amazing Race because she, her and I would be great together. And she said, I can't, I can't leave work. I have too much to do. There's too much responsibility. It would be fun, but a month off just isn't possible for me. And I'm like, God damn. Okay. Well, that's, you're, you're out. You're, you're cut. You're cut from the team. And I found somebody else. Dating shows. I don't, and here it goes back to my insecurities. Like, I don't think I'm dating show material right now. Like, why? Um, well, first of all, I'm way out over age for <laughs> reality dating shows. I am. 45 year old men on dating shows is fucking creepy, right? Unless it is 90 Day Fiance or, or, you know, Married at First Sight or that kind of shit. And I don't even do dating apps. Why would I go on TV to find, try to find somebody? Because maybe you need an expert, but this also just gave me an idea for our TV show. So let's put a pin in that one and talk about it later. So I think you actually might be a good candidate because you're a little all over the place, to be honest. And maybe you need to address those insecurities. So maybe you need some experts to tell you what's up. But, you know, we have an expert here today who's going to tell us all sorts of what's up. That being said, our expectations and lists aside... Today, we're going to get real about finding a match with our guest, Jess Howard. Jess is a casting producer who has worked on such shows as The Real Housewives, Master Chef, American Idol, and The Circle. She has just wrapped three different dating shows for both network and streaming TV and is here now to reveal the secrets behind getting the chance to shoot your shot at love in front of the world what the perfect recipe for hot mess success is, and some of the most important questions to ask someone to see if they're a good match. She's going to get real with us about reality TV relationships. Welcome to the show, Jess. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Good to have you. Can't wait to dive into all the things reality TV. Yes. I know we're very I'm I'm very excited for this because Jess, as you know, I'm a huge reality TV fan. I watch everything. Um, but it's always that other side of like how you find these people to come on these shows that's so interesting. Because some of them you look at these, you look at when you're watching these things like The Bachelor or like 90 Day Fiance or you know, Love Islands or like all these other shits, and you're like, they have to be feeling the psych test. Like they have to go like like who's crazier, the people inside the psych ward or the people they go in the psych ward to watch the psychiatric people? Do you know what I mean? It's like, where do you like, how do they find these people? You know, so I'm excited. But before we get to all that, there's one question that we ask everybody before we get started, which is, are you single, taken or is it complicated? 
Um, I would actually have to say, I feel like I, I'm very single, but it's also very complicated. Okay. <laughs> Can I be both? Has anybody ever answered it that way? No, actually, not in the history of this show. So I think that your nuances are really interesting because that means, one, you're self-aware, so probably not great for reality TV. Two, you have a story to tell, which we're here for. Yes, I have a story to tell. I mean, if I can, I mean, do you have three hours? I don't know. I'll try to make. Well, it's it's perfect for a new segment that Jen and I are doing called XXXYWHY where we ask people why they feel like that they are maybe in a complicated situation. So very excited to hear this story. Go. Okay. Well, um, moral of a very long story is I met who I thought was the love of my life. We got engaged, um, was very, very, very happy. And three days after I found my wedding dress and about Three weeks after we found a wedding venue, he came home one day and told me he didn't love me anymore and he didn't want to do it. So um, here I am, about to be 37 years old, single. I always say left at the altar, before the altar, whatever. In my brain, it was the same thing. But, you know, dodged a bullet. So here we go. Yeah, dodged a fucking bullet. If somebody can come come and do that to you, whenever I feel I hear these kind of stories and you know, I'm a little bit aware of, I'm very aware of your story. Like you dodged a bullet. You have to be some sort of sociopath in order to be doing that kind of shit. Seriously. Absolutely. I think, you know, the moral of this story is that person is complicated. It complicated how you feel probably about where you're at and relationships and like trust and so many things. But that person was a complicated part of the story and has left you to pick up the pieces of what you thought you knew about everything. And so at this point, how long have you been single? Um, November 29th, it was a year. Okay. And so do you feel like you are single? It's complicated. Therefore you're not ready to date or are you dipping your toes back in? I am. I'm not, not ready to date. I'm absolutely open for it. I think I'm just at a place in my life where I don't have the time for the bullshit. I don't have the time to do the song and dance. I'm on the dating apps. I'm doing it again. Um, but it's like, do you want a part of my life or do you not? Because I don't care. I'll be fine without you kind of thing. Um, so that's, I, I, I'm probably a little jaded, to be honest, and just kind of like, oh, well, here I am. I might die alone. I have two cats. I'll be fine. Wait, you have two cats. And by the way, that stereotype is so shitty because – Animals give the most love ever. So I don't care if you have one cat or a slew of cats you've rescued from the streets. The point is, is that you have love in your life. So that's where you're like, what? Yeah, but I think that's the point of the stereotype, Jen, is that like you're t- you're giving the love and getting the love back from an animal instead of trying to find a human. Okay, but also, by the way, they're better at it and they're unconditional. They love the shit out of you. They hey, are hey, loyal. Hey. Pussy's pussy, right? I mean, all right. Let's all let's right. move. <laughs> all right. And we've invited Rob to join the show. We don't know why. <laughs> okay. uh, but but Jess, do you feel like um like are you making your because I know you've been really, really busy with casting a lot of reality shows right now and a lot of dating shows on like in particular, which is kind of Freudian, I think. But like or do you find like you're taking on more and more work so that you don't have to put yourself back out? Or so you like, you're like, I'm too busy to even think about that. Like, Good do you think you're you. taking on that Good much work because of that? I think it's great to stay busy. Yes. I think it's, if I'm, idle hands get me in trouble. So I try to work as much as I can. Um, I think that those that can't do teach. So I loved, you know, I love casting dating shows. I love doing the things. I feel like I'm great at that. But somehow when it comes to relationships and stuff, can't figure it out for the life of me. But man, I can sit here and tell you what to do, how to do it. I've been a maid of honor five times, set up half my friends, but here I am. So was this relationship though, like your worst crash and burn or have you experienced anything like this in the past? And I have a train of thought with where I'm going, just so you know, (laughs) hoping it's not a pattern. This is absolutely the worst. Yeah. I I would say most of my relationships have had, they've been pretty good. I've dated pretty decent guys. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, I've been pretty much a serial monogamous most of my life. You know, I, I but I'm not used to just randomly dating. I, I've always been in relationships. So as far as this relationship goes, definitely that 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 one stung for sure. That one, this has been the worst. I feel like. So I am 37 and you're turning 37. I feel like it's these kinds of relationships that actually put you on the path to finding the right person. And like, sure, yours might have happened a little bit later. Mine happened though a lot earlier and here I still am. But it taught me the lessons I needed to learn to not stand for shit and maybe spot some red flags earlier on. And listen, I don't know if you saw any red flags. I wasn't there. But you're only going to do better next. And even if it's with no one, that's better than with somebody who could do that to you. So I think we're all, you know, not the typical age for getting married, having kids in like Kansas. Also shouts to Kansas. If you're listening, we think you're great. We love you. Keep listening. But also- I don't know you, I don't know you Kansas. I don't, I'm not making that commitment to you. Okay. I well, I am. Rob's new here. He doesn't know about love and unconditional stuff. But um, I think- this is the new norm. And I think we're also getting smarter with each choice, hopefully. And that's why I was like, I hope this isn't a pattern because that's not where my train of thought is going. But it sounds like you do have your head on straight. And this kind of was the like an anomaly to your normal. And if you can cast and you can work and you can all do all these things and be around to talk about it. And you're at least on the apps. We can't say the same about Rob. So you're doing something right and bouncing back. I mean, you have to, you have to rise from the ashes, you know? I, I, first of all, I love the, the, I love the, if you can't do teach, that's what we should name the podcast while Lauren's gone, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) We can't do, so we teach. Lauren is the only one who can. (laughs) Yeah. Shout out to Lauren. (laughs) I mean, she's the only one that proved that it's, that it can be done out of the three of us. But, um, uh, when you're casting, right. And you had this kind of position going on. Does it skew your view of like when you meet guys for different shows? I know that you're like casting certain shows where you have to kind of find douchebags sometimes. But are you if you're like trying to like match somebody and actually finding love with somebody else and like going and like having their dream life with somebody? Do you meet like people on these casting, you know, Zoom auditions or whatever and then just be like, you, I know, I know exactly who the fuck you are, and you know, I'm not letting you anywhere near these women or anything like that. Or do you want to date them yourself, just out of curiosity? That's exactly what I was going to say. I find more than often, I I'm able to separate myself absolutely. So if I were casting The Bachelor or casting something, um, you know, where I'm like, okay, the goal is to set up two people, I can kind of remove myself from the situation a lot of the time and go like. I know what this guy is. I dated him. I've I've been there, done that. But at the same time, I'm still able to go like, I feel like maybe they'd be good together. You can still kind of, you just have to be a good judge of character. And Jen, you're 100% right. I probably fall in love more than I don't because you're sitting there getting to know somebody without the emotional connection. So I'm just Mm. listening to them tell me this, what they want. And I'm like, wait, but I... I could be that. I could do that. I, you know, you do kind of get in those like moments, but yeah, I, I would say more often than not, I just kind of separate myself from it. So how did you even get into casting? Because it sounds like you're a matchmaker, not a casting director. Because if you're, when you think about it, you're probably matchmaking a human to a project or a storyline. And so I don't know, is there a degree in college for that? How does one become said expert? Oh God, I don't think I'm an, I, maybe I am an expert actually. We should ask some of my friends that I've been their maid of honors in, but our maid of honors in their wedding. But I, um, there is a degree as far as getting into TV, you know, I didn't get one um, because I just got the degree from Dr. Phil and started working in that and then just slowly moved into casting and, you know, dating shows I think are probably the most those are the most. Wait, you literally, you literally worked for Doctor Phil. You didn't you didn't like the Doctor Phil degree that you sat down and watched Doctor Phil. <laughs> no, like like I worked. You started. Yes, you started with Doctor yes. Phil. What were you doing on Doctor Phil? Um, I was a I was an assistant, and then I was a talent producer for Doctor Phil, and then I worked as an associate producer for Doctor Phil. So all of the guests that came on the show, you found their stories, you produced their stories, that kind of thing, and then I went to work on for um, uh, Oprah. And did own. So I, there's some, you know, you slowly, I guess you start to build my resume 
to learn people and probably what's helped me in the dating world with the dating shows um, are really getting the the foundation of, I mean, Dr. Phil and Oprah, they're, they just at 20 years old, you know, I learned a lot of behavioral things and how people are. So I was able to kind of, you grow up fast. I mean, y'all know that being in LA. Um, I think that's definitely helped me when it comes to casting is just really knowing people and getting in their brains and their psyche kind of thing. And then, and then you started going over to other, cause you worked on the bachelor too. Like when did you take the switch from like, you know, the daytime talk show scene, which is different to the, excuse me, excuse my French, Mike Weiss, but the trash reality scene, you know what I mean? I love that you're taking a, a hit at your best non-friend, Mike Weiss, that you love that show. What if he hears <laughs> this and finds out? Fucking bring it. Although what does that say about you that that's what you watch? <laughs> Sadly, I don't even watch it. I watch the shit out of it. That's I love what that. I mean, Rob, honestly, if you did have a dating profile, it should just be like, all I do is watch reality TV and the Eagles. Bye. Well, you just wrote my profile for me. There you go. It's and done. I don't drink for a whole month and I'm not going to be fun. So we should probably never date because I'm not ready. <laughs> all right. Jesus. It went from good to bad to like, you know what? You just stay away from my dating profile if I ever make I one. I might make one for you. But anyway, Jess, how did you make it from that kind of stuff, which is, you know, Dr. Phil is kind of trashy too, but like into these, like, what was it like working on The Bachelor? What did you do for The Bachelor? So The Bachelor, I actually, that was one of the first dating shows that I got into. So I was the person basically boots on the ground that I was recruiting people. So I was the one that had to walk up to you. And this was, this was pre- dating apps and stuff like that was going to say you use your feet and went somewhere I had to walk my ass places and go into bars and find people you know that I thought were cute and I'm you know hey I, I think you'd be great and the bachelor was cool for sure but you know this was a time social media wasn't around so casting dating shows then was such a different thing I had to literally go, you know, go out there and get people to come talk to me and then actually have to be credible at the same time. So I'm like, oh, let me show a credential or a business card or they're like, are you really doing that? Um, I was having, you know, notepads full of paper of just writing phone numbers down, you know, so that it was a different time then. But I mean, speaking on that, Rob, when you were talking about how crazy people must be to want to do dating shows and, or, you know, when they're on them and stuff. And I always try to, I'm the biggest advocate for people that want to be on dating shows because people don't realize what you have to go through to be on a dating show. And they're probably the most sane people out there because of what we put them through with everything you have to qualify for to even be on one. You mean like the, 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 the sex tests and then the psych tests and like all that other shit. And then you guys just film with booze and then all that shit goes out the window. You should get them drunk before they take these tests. Yeah. I don't think that's going to help their physical tests or their, you know, what, what they, what they're going to do. I mean, no, it's psych tests. It's yes. It's physical tests. It's the sex tests. It's do yeah. Do you have STDs? Um, what's your credit score? What's your bank account? Like, did you graduate college? Uh, what's your family like? What are the diseases in your family? Have you ever been to jail? Have you ever had a DUI? Have you ever, I mean, you almost have to have a damn near close to perfect rap sheet. Wait, but also do you question them on their social skills, on their long-term goals? Like, but how come then we see more often than we can count, are you here for the right reasons? Like clearly there are people that slip through the cracks with all of those questions and all those answers, and they're still there just to be an influencer or be the next bachelor or bachelorette. Right. I think that's where social media has really um, affected reality TV a lot in good ways. But in that way is that people now know you can pass all of that and probably be the smartest person in the world and go, I could actually use this to become something more than this. So are they dumb? I don't know. Maybe they're smarter than we think they are as far as how can I use this platform to make myself the next big thing. They'd be smarter if they actually stay on for more than one night. Also to what Jess was saying before, you know, it, when she was like boots on the ground and going into places and like, you know, it, before social media, these, it was back in the day when like the bachelor started in what, 2002, I think was the first one or something like that. I'm like, I think it was around survivor. I think it was all around the same area. 
But like the, the people that are going on those shows now grew up with this show. So like now they know that's how you become famous. And now it's not about finding love anymore. It's like, all right, now we go on these shows because there's such a big, you know, fan base. And then I become an influencer for um, clothing lines. Uh, what was, what's the girl's name? That's now one of the hosts, uh, Tasia. Um, yeah. Yeah. She, she, when she was asked when she was the bachelorette, she was asked what she does. And Cheryl, like, you could tell that her job now is being like an influencer for the bachelor. So like, she had to be like, I do social marketing for TV. And it's like, no, you, you're just part of that bachelor nation now. Like you don't do anything. You just have followers and post shit. You just spawn con. That's why there's so many running jokes about the sugar bear hair and all the things, you know, you can do. You can find love a hundred percent. I believe, I mean, it's, it's shown, I, I know more often than not, people aren't ending up together or staying together. The problem with the staying together part is we just built a fairy tale, uh, you know, put anybody in, you know, away for six weeks and put them on an Island and anyone will fall in love. You know, it's human nature. It's just survival of the fittest kind of thing. But um, I definitely believe it's possible. I think that's also why I love casting dating shows um, because even though as jaded as I, I might be and as hurt as I, you know, was slash getting over, um, I still believe in love. So I think there's part of me that wants to have and help other people find love, even though I'm not in that situation. Are you finding that are you finding that a lot of these shows now are less geared towards actually people? finding love that, like, I mean, I know, you know, it's like love is possible, but do you find like you just casted three shows, one for network and like a couple like streaming, which I know is completely different, you know, the, the what you're allowed to do streaming and what you're allowed to do network, but the shock factor that's involved with these reality TV shows. Now you have to have some fucking sort of outlandish idea to draw viewers in. So are you finding that it's more about find people that are willing to do this outlandish shocking type of show like love is blind you know um are the ones where you can't see anybody there's one where you have to meet in the dark and then there's one where you have to dress up like a puppet or oh some shit the masked whatever that crazy i cannot watch it i'm sorry it's too horrifying to my personal choices but i couldn't even get through it and i have shitty shitty taste and very low bar for standards so like if i couldn't get through that show that show canceled but um I think the shorter version of Rob's question is, do you cast for drama? I mean, yes, there absolutely has to be a level of that. There has to be a level. It's not so much drama. If if it's a show, um, for example, I just did one. I can't say what it is quite yet, but it, it was, it was a dating show and it's going to be um, in the same kind of realm of Love Island meets the bachelor, bachelorette kind of thing, but there's only going to be eight people in one location. So you kind of have to think of archetypes. You have to always have, you have to have a story there in that situation. Who's the good girl? Who's the bad guy? Who's the all American? Who's the sweetheart? Who's that? That said, you still want these people to be rootable. You still want them to be likable, but this is TV. So there's a fine line with like, which I find a lot of the time doing my job and also having some sort of moral, you know, ground a little bit because, you know, you have to, I have to produce and yet they're people. So every show's so different though, because the bachelorette, it's just like, we need a bunch of gorgeous women, or excuse me, the bachelor. We need a bunch of gorgeous women, smart women. By that point, when you're the bachelor, you are looking this is what the hopes are to settle down, to get married, to start a life, all of that. So typically with that show, producers are, um, they definitely handle that with care because they want to put real people that want that on there. But then there's the cuckoo birds that you're like, why one, are you always drunk, but slurring, not like, like elevated, elegant people like us who are currently drinking and not slurring words, but there are those that are hot messes, like truly. So that's why I think, Rob, your question about getting people drunk is an interesting one because it's like, do you test the waters in real time to see like, all right, let's give this girl 
more drinks than the min or the max and see how this person's going to shake out. Or if you give this guy a couple of drinks, is he going to fight someone? Because ultimately there's always the handful of those people that end up on these shows or like you're saying, there's the archetypes and things like that. So what are the like questions you might ask that prompt the answers that are telling of that type of person? Oh, wait, 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 wait. We got to hold on to that because I want you to do an interview for Jen. I want you to act like Jen because Jen, look here, see, this is, it's perfect because Jen wants to find love. Jen has applied for shows to find love on TV. You're going to, I would love for you to interview her like a contestant who made it past the first round of applications. Cause you have to get past the first, like, you know, picture applications. And what then like, I don't get past that. <laughs> We're assuming you did for the, for these purposes. Okay. We're assuming you actually filled it out and you got through there. <laughs> but like, like I would love it if you could do an interview to her and then at the end, honestly, be like, are these answers something that would probably be cast on a show? And it's just a basic show. She doesn't have to dress up in a mask. She's not going to an island. There's no like, she just wants to find love on a regular TV show. Let's say it's Married at First Sight. Or whatever. I would go to an island, but I would like to bring Mochi. Or be provided a dog sitter. Also. Okay, let's call it date me and my pet. Okay, date me and my pet. But I would like to know too if I fall within an archetype and what it is. You can be brutally honest. I don't care. I have no feelings. I'm a robot. So feel free. Have at it. People think we're lucky because we live in LA and our winters are pretty mild. So they think that we're free from all the wintry effects. That's not necessarily the case. We have the Santa Ana winds, we have the rainy season, and we definitely experience dry skin, among other things, just like everybody else. Well, LA's own way has created the perfect solution and it's aptly named Melrose Place Body Cream. It's fast, absorbing to nourish your skin when you need it most and provides hydration that lasts, preventing that damn dryness. It's made of high quality nourishing ingredients like squalane and everybody's favorite coconut oil. Well, Jen, that sounds right up your alley. And did you know that you can turn your shower into basically a spa with a gentle skin softening way Melrose Place body cleanser? That balances out your skin without stripping it or leaving unwanted residue. Experience the new way Melrose Place body cream and body cleanser. Your body, your way. Go to theway.com and use code leave to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Code B-L-E-A-V. Okay, well, first off, I mean, right away, you would be the person that I would look at and go, she's strong. You can tell she's strong-willed. She probably won't back down from a lot. I believe that you have an opinion. I believe that you definitely, I think you're a very nice girl, but at the same time, you're like, I know who I am. I know where I stand. And she also knows where you are and where you stand. Just, just, you know, throw that in there. But also maybe I just married Jess because she said really nice things just now. (laughs) See how easy it is? See what you think? I'm very comfortable. Yes, I do. And I'm single and it's complicated. So here we Ah! are. You could make it taken. So there we go. Let's do it. All right. All right. All right. You two. Love festival. All right. right. So that, I mean, those would be just off right away. If that was my first, you know, initial, I was going to say my first attraction, my first initial um, meeting with you. And clearly you have to judge somebody right away. Um, You've made it past the first round. We're sitting here. I would definitely want to know. You know, so why do you think you're single would probably be the first thing I want to know. Oh my God. It's like XXXY gen edition. Um, so I think I'm single because of a couple of things. I was very hurt by somebody and I also was very mad at myself for letting my be- myself be hurt. And so I made it a practice to not ever repeat those behaviors. And I think I'm attracted to things though that are not great, like a fixer upper or a guy who's attractive or somebody who's really charismatic and has a very big personality, but like that comes with the player archetype and things like that, or not wanting to settle down. So I like people who are interesting and fun and they aren't usually the people who want to urgently settle down. So I think my sense of urgency doesn't align with my taste potentially, but I'm also extremely picky. So all of these things create a recipe for disaster, which is why I need experts. 
I would love to be an expert, but you know, here we are. Um, so if it's a recipe for disaster, do you think that you are better off being alone? Have you, do you, do you feel like you've now put your guard up in the way that you're like, I'm not even going to look for anything anymore because well, what I'm looking for clearly doesn't exist. So you've kind of already put this like shield up that you're not going to find it anyway. Zero. I just hit on you because I'm like, anything's possible at this point. Honestly, I'm doing it wrong. I should just love everybody. (laughs) So honestly, that's not true. I really love men. I miss them because like at this point, (laughs) I'm not dating the way that I used to when I was in my 20s and very popular. So I would say I try really hard to keep myself dating and in practice of it. And I'm on the apps and going on these dates and doing the things that I assume I should be doing. I do feel though often it burns me out because I'm like going through the flow of I should go out or I should swipe or I should this or I should that so that I don't die alone with my dog like Rob says. But I don't think that those methods of finding somebody are necessarily 3D and what attracts me to somebody. So it's hard for me to use them in a way that is constructive because it's like flashcards that don't have dimension. And I'm really attracted to personality. And a lot of people don't put effort into these damn things. They have zero personality and lots of dumb dad jokes and sarcasm and fish pictures and scaling mountains. I'm like, why do you need to scale a mountain? I just want to sit. Are you, they do that in LA too? Fish pictures? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that I was in Denver, which by the way, is called Menver because there's a lot of single men there. And I think I should just move there except I'm afraid of the cold and I really don't want to hike. I feel like you'd like Austin, Texas, just saying, but you're going to see a lot of pictures of men with their fish, but. I think I need to date somebody fucking old because I need somebody who likes jazz, is tired, wants to get married so we can hang out at home and go on trips and like dinner parties and travel. You just said, said, I'm sorry, I'm trying not to interrupt this interview, which is going way off course, by the way. But like you, you just said, I just want somebody who's, you know, wants to stay home and go on trips and who's old, but wants a family. And like, it's like the, the, the dichotomy of the shit that's coming out. It's like you just you're just taking like different parts of a Play-Doh toy and like putting it together. Yeah, that's why it doesn't exist. It is it is like build a bear. You are being like build a bear, like where you're literally, okay. like, you know, you you are you're looking for truly what I would say to you is, um, you know, I w- well again we're doing a casting interview, so I would be like, okay, so it sounds to me like you are truly looking for perfection. What I consider perfection, which is me but in a man and I can't find them because I think that I was brought up as Benjamin Button. So I have very old person taste, but I'm also like so young and fun and spry, but I'm also kind of like burnt out from work and I'm tie tie. So like, where is this guy? And honestly, who, what age, where, who, where, how? You're a bit of an anomaly. I'm not going to lie. Um, what would you say though? Um, Okay. So you just completely said like you're build a bear man. What makes you a good catch though? What makes you somebody that should be completely taken off the market? Where do we start? Honestly? I mean, have you listened to the thousands of episodes? Goodness. Well, I would say one, I'm independent and I don't need anything from anyone. So that just makes me a good partner. Cause I'm not like in lack. I don't want someone to support me. I want someone to support me emotionally and as like a person who shows up for me as an equal, which means that they also did the work. But back to me, I do the work. So I also would like for, no, me, me. Um, I love animals. Have you heard? (laughs) Um, I'm really fun. My friends like me a lot. I show up for everybody. I'm smart. I have a 401k. Um, I have aspirations. I am funny at times. I'm not a big crier unless it's something I cry at. And uh, I don't know. Is there like a phone a friend component to this interview where you can ask <laughs> people about me? Because like at this point, I'm just bragging. My favorite is I'm not a big crier unless there's something I'm crying at. That should be on your dating profile. Right. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Yeah, we've gotten right, robbed. Next, so we need next, more. Next, next. 
Next. Um, <clears throat> okay. Well, there's, I mean, there's so many, I'm literally going to my casting brain and my casting response, my casting producer spot. Right. You mean, so Jeff, Jen's already failed. That's why you can't, no, she, she didn't make I it. Would, I would be excellent for TV. You, you are excellent for TV. I do. I do think we need to put you on TV, but maybe not real life. <laughs> I think you're intimidating. I think you're extremely intimidating because you truly are. I don't think anyone will be able to really do right by you because if they're the smart older, I want to go to dinner parties. I like to go home and watch movies. Then they're, it's like, well, he probably doesn't have a great personality and he probably doesn't have this. There's always going to be this aspect that's missing. So it's a little bit of like, what do you think about you that you're like, I, I have to find perfection in somebody else. Like, I feel like you, you throw it out there for the other person to take on all the responsibility in making it uh, like a good relationship for you guys. Other, cause if they don't fit into your everything that you want, then one thing's out. Or if you, they haven't, you haven't heard of what they do for a living. I don't, I don't know what the fuck that is. So out, you know, or like, I feel like Jess, am I wrong? Like, I feel like she throws it the other way so that it's on them to make the relationship uh, like uh, be a good partner. I, I don't, I, 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 I think <laughs> that yes, a little bit. I don't think she's like, Oh, I'm, I'm just counting on him to make everything be perfect. But I think it's a lot of, I truly think it's seeking perfectionism. I'm your Build-A-Bear. By the way, don't let Rob say too much because he's looking for perfect. So don't let that just get in the way of anything here. No, don't worry. I very rarely listen to him. Honestly, I think I'm doing this podcast alone most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, now that we're in love, you can always call me. I'm very available. Thank the Lord. But by the way, Rob, since yep. we're on the subject of Rob's thoughts, I yep. don't expect somebody to show up and like manufacture a relationship. I have been in situations where I have met somebody who we totally aligned on so many things and we were a good match, but it was bad timing. Like maybe the person was out of a complicated situation or maybe they were in a different city or what have you. So I know what it's like to feel that chemistry and that connection, and I don't want to settle, but I also don't want to support them emotionally or financially or whatever. Like, let's all take our part in doing the work and becoming things that might be intimidating, but it won't be intimidating if you actually work on yourself because you're there too. No, she's putting it back on the other people still. Go go, go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) I'm sorry. Everyone should do their part, clean up your side of the street, and then show up for your date. Yeah, but you're saying your side of the street's already clean and everything's fine. And like every you, all your shits are in a row that you, now you're ready for them to clean up their side of the street. Okay, yes. I could be maybe more empathetic or compassionate. Yes, absolutely. Okay. One day we will work on those things. On this dating show, Jess, how is she doing so far? Like how many more questions are there in these things? It goes for like an hour, right? I mean, you do go, it? Yeah, depending on the show, they could go for about an hour and a half. So there's so much because then part of my job is to actually sit there and kind of analyze and pick from the stories. They're not necessarily all questions. You're giving me things that I would then feed off of and then kind of it's therapy in a lot of ways. And probably for me too, that's probably why I enjoy it so much because I can relate. I can get in someone's head and see a lot of the things that a, that I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's me or to your B like, Oh, I, I, I should have done that or, you know, stuff like that. You're doing great. Would you, would you ever consider going on, like going on a reality show to find love? Would I? You, yes. Yeah, I would. I think I'm, I think I'm too old for it now though. Am I? I don't no. know. I mean, The Bachelor, I'm too old. Oh, way, way too old. Yeah. Wait, but also we don't belong in The Bachelor because we don't need to be a contestant. We need to be a winner from the start. So there needs to be a different format where we're guaranteed love. ROI needs to be included and we need to show up red tea. So okay. I, I like want wine or ROI because I want ROI wine. because when you drink wine you have a return on your investment and when you go on a show that you're not a contestant but potentially like a married at first sight you're married at first sight there's not like will you be married at first sight that's not the title you are married at first sight so you know you got a husband but i think back to like what you said about you being like almost 37 and the whole thing we get caught in this comparison game and like this age appropriate thing and where we should be at certain points. And Rob, you've said that you priced out of the bachelor and things, and we're all too old for 
God knows what we're too old for. But I don't think that's the case because it is becoming way more normal and we know more now. So actually, maybe because we're not dying from the plague or maybe we are because it's called COVID, but we're not doing what people did back in the old timey times where you had to get married to have some kids to procreate and make a world, which is no one took care of. But we're not on that same time frame anymore. So I know girls that have gotten pregnant at 40, 42 Lauren is a great example. She's got two kids under two and she is 41 years old. So I think that when we say like, oh, well, now we're starting over, we're doing all this stuff, maybe we're the group that people should be watching on TV because we're the real people that have gone through real shit and we actually have stuff you we can talk about and you can all learn from. So maybe we find we make a show where it's, you know, in between The Bachelor and Married at First Sight where it's like, Everybody goes to Napa and you're set up with somebody, whatever cabin you go into, that's who you're dating for that time that you're in there. And you're automatically a couple. And then you guys have to work on your relationship for the time that you're there. It's not an island, but it's a winery. Oh my God. Oh my God. I hope there's some, I hope there's development executives listening to this and going, you know what? I just stole that idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, but then they hire you to cast and you just put me and Rob on there. Not together. Rob doesn't want to be on of there. Rob doesn't know what Rob wants. That's his problem. But maybe you cast Jen and Mochi and we go there and we fall in love and maybe the person owns the vineyard. I don't. Jen, I, I will say that I think that if that you would be great TV and I would, if you were on a dating show, I would watch it a hundred percent. But Rob, you watch it anyway. Yes, he would watch it. Don't let, yeah, don't flatter. Yeah, just, yeah, Rob, you would watch literally anything. I've literally never met somebody that watches more reality TV than Rob Evers. Same. In my life. Like, he actually tells me some of the work I've done, I feel like. And like, oh, well, this happened. And I'm like, it did? My name's in the credits. I didn't know that. (laughs) I have no idea. No, but Jen, I think you would be phenomenal TV. It's just a matter of finding the right show for you. If, am I an archetype? Because you mentioned there are archetypes. So while we discussed my Build-A-Bear person and perfectionism, which by the way, I'm not even looking for somebody perfect. I'm good with dad bod. I'm good with like somebody who has a kid and some baggage. I'm okay with all those things. Perfect for me is somebody that like- You just put a kid and baggage in the same sentence. What? And then you just put a kid and baggage in the same that sentence. baggage. So. That's bringing people. I'm sorry. That's actually baggage because there's a baby mama. I hear you. I wish you could see my face. I wish the listeners could see my face right now. Well, I can and it's special. I can. Yeah. It's it's very cute. No, I don't think you're necessarily – you don't fall under a certain archetype because you're not the mean girl. You're not, you know, the like ditzy girl. I think – you know who you remind me of? Have you ever seen um, Summer House? No. She reminds me of what? She reminds me of Paige. No, she reminds me of fucking what's her nuts? Who? Uh, the blondes. The blondes. Lindsay? That's Lindsay. Oh my god, she's one hundred percent Lindsay. That's why Lindsay's always looking for somebody. She always just trying to be in a relationship, but the person's got to meet her credentials and her timeline and be on her thing. Oh my god, you just nailed it on the head. The reason I say that is because Paige isn't. She's so great. But she's just in her own little, like, there isn't a necessarily, like, label on her, if that makes sense. So if I were to cast you in something, I wouldn't necessarily put a label on you. I think you'd make for great TV. But if it's a dating show, I would probably cast you in, like, a a way – I'd be terrified for the men. <laughs> I would be terrified because you, you're confident. You're confident, and it, it, it is not a bad thing at all. But – you also, and I mean this in the best of ways, would probably chew them up and spit them out real fast. I do that. Don't hate me. I'm just a guest on here. Please invite me. That's an accurate assessment. That is, I've been told my boundaries are quite strong and quite clear. So, uh, and I'm, I like to communicate. It's something I've learned. So I tell people, go fuck off. I think you're a catch. <laughs> I absolutely think you are 100% a catch. And you're, absolutely, yes. You. You're a catch. I cast you for love. You're going to find it. I would hope it's a cute Hallmark story because you're in Austin and you do casting. And then one day you're going to interview somebody, but it's like, you can't put them on the show because they're hired for your own. No, somebody's going to, somebody's going to come to Austin from Sacramento and he's going to try to build a ranch on her property, but you can't do that because my, it's my grandfather's property. Then she's going to go to yell at the rancher and she's going to be like, Oh wait, he's really hot. And then they're going to find out from Sacramento and that 
They were actually supposed to be set up by their parents back there, but now they have to fall in love here and though they even hate each other. And then they both go in and buy the ranch together. And then and they, they make blueberry jam and ride horses and yeah. drink wine. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Have, and you have, have like wine. one random wine bush where you make one wine bottle. That's the perfect blend. What yeah. a story. This ends really well for me. I'm really excited. (laughs) We want that for you. (laughs) We should stop it here then and say, Jess, this has been amazing. I like, this is the kind of interview that I love. It's just been full of revelations. And, you know, for once, Jen and I have been put into our place by the right people. And uh, we, I would love to have you back anytime that you want to come back because there's so many things that we didn't get into as far as like different shows and like then getting past this episode and like, you know, just finding, find like the, the type of really specific people that actually make it and do find love on these things. And then what happens afterwards. But Jess, remind everybody, I think you're on Snapchat, right? Are you on any social oh media? So I'm not on, please don't tell people I'm on Snapchat, Rob. <laughs> okay. No, yeah. Also, which dating apps, just in case somebody's in your town. I mean, I am on Hinge. I am on Bumble. That's it. Yeah. And I don't have social media. Look, I have a Twitter so people know that I'm a real human when I'm casting. Um, I'm probably the last person in the world in entertainment, in my side of the entertainment world, that doesn't have social media. So I don't have Instagram. I don't have Facebook. I do have a LinkedIn. Feel free to DM me there. (laughs) And a Snapchat. I have a Snapchat because I am an aunt of two, three. I'm an aunt of three. My little brother just had a baby. So, um, yeah, I, I do it for my family. Wait, I need to ask, so, so your brother has kids and he posts them on Snapchat, but wants them to disappear. <laughs> what? I was like, wait, he does? Well, my mom, my grandparents, we have a huge family Snapchat. So we have a whole family Snapchat where all, since I don't have social media, everybody just kind of started putting things there. But now Rob has ruined my love story because guys are going to find out that I have a Snapchat and now they're going to think I'm using it for nudes. I'm not using it for nudes. I don't take nudes. But you could, so at least the option's open. All right, Jess. Well, I would promote the shows. I would promote the shows that you are working on, but we're not allowed to say what they are just yet. NDAs, which is great. Yes. But we're very, very happy for you. When those shows come out and then we all watch them and and they're big successes, will you come back on and talk about them then? I absolutely will. Awesome. Jen, tell everybody where they can find you. You can find me at Jennifer Golden on all the social medias. And you can find me at Forever's Evers, F-O-R-E-V-E-R-S, E-V-O-R-S on Instagram. Guys, it's been great. We will be back next week with Tim Bader, who's got his own podcast that you guys would love. We can't wait to promote that. And Tim's going to have a great take on this whole dating scene. His energy is crazy. So until then, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to It's Complicated. And now that we're going steady... Come back next week for another date with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers.